Fantastic. Hey, it's so good to be gathered together. And um, uh, actually, Seth just told me um, after the wonderful announcement about Contagious Conference that because there's some contagious disease in Levin, the conference has just been canceled. Is that right? So, uh, so if you were planning to jump online and register, unfortunately, it has been uh, it has been cancelled. So, I hope that is that is that is true. But apparently, we just heard that this morning. So, <laughs> I think um, they may need to change the name of the conference next year, eh? Uh, so <laughs> Fantastic! So good. And um, hey, you know, twenty twenty three as we as we look ahead. How many know there's going to be some, there's going to be some high points in the year? There's going to be no doubt. Occasionally, there's going to be some low points in the year. Uh, as you look back at 2022, I'm sure you had some high points and some low points. Um, but here's what I would encourage you: I would encourage you to determine in this year that you will live on the high places of 2023, that you will live in the high place. You see, there is going to be some high moments and there is going to be some valleys. But here's the thing, what your address is, is going to determine your year. In other words, are you going to make your address the valley or are you going to make your address the high place, the mountaintops? That you should make your address the high points and you should pass through the valley. So if you happen to have a valley, you pass through it. How many you know Psalm 23? It says, even though I walk through, everybody say through. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. In other words, it doesn't matter what happens against you this year. It doesn't matter what challenges or disappointments or setbacks you may have, because you may have some valleys, but my, my encouragement to you is this, don't set up camp in the valley. All right. Don't make it your address. Say, I'm going to go through the valleys, but I'm going to make my address the mountaintops. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 18, He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, and He enables me to be on the high places. Everybody say high places. He enables me to be on the high place. Psalm 18, verse 33. In fact, in the King James Version, it says, He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, and He sets me on my high places. He sets me on my high places. So you could stand in the high places, but just visit a valley if you have to. Does that make sense to you? See, uh, a high place is a place of victory. It's a place of authority. It's a place of faith. It's a place of vision. When you're in a place of, in a high place in terms of, you know, uh, the, the Bible, it's a place where you can see a distance. And I always encourage people, never make a big decision in a valley. If your life, life happens to be in a season of a valley, don't make big decisions in a valley. Wait till you get to a mountaintop. And when you're on a mountaintop in a place of faith, in a place of victory, in a place of vision, where you can see where you're going, then you make your big decisions. Amen. And uh, so in 2023, I want to encourage you to determine that you're going to live, have, make your address in the high places. The second thing I'd encourage you to determine for 2023 is determine this, that every challenge is going to turn for your good. Just deter determine to say whatever comes down the pipeline called 2023 for your life, determine 
that it is going to turn for your good. You say, was that positive thinking? No, it's faith. Because, you know, the, the, the Bible says this. In Romans 8, verse 28, it says this, And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, all things. You see, the Bible says all things will work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. If you love God and if you are determined to live in the purpose of heaven for your life and your calling, come on. If you love God and you are determined to live in the calling of heaven, then the Bible says all things, not just the good things, but all things work together for the good. And so determine in your heart. that says no matter what comes down the pipeline in 2023, it is going to turn for my good. It is going to turn for my good. Why? Because I'm going to exercise faith in the promise of God and say, Lord, that was a betrayal, but it's going to turn for my good. Come on. Uh, That was a setback, but it's going to turn for my good because I'm standing on the promise of God. God loves you to stand on His promise and say, Lord, Lord, your word says, therefore I place a demand on heaven. Come on. He says, Lord, so why don't you place a demand for 2023? Whatever comes down the pipeline, I'm determined to change it for good. You know, I'm sure that people will stress you out in 2023. There's a beautiful prophetic word. I'm sure in 2023 you will have some setbacks. I'm sure in 2023 there will be the odd crazy maker get in your face. I'm sure in 2023 there will be some disappointments. There will be some conflict. There will be some people let you down. Maybe you missed some opportunities that you thought you were going to have. Maybe some expectations that you set at the beginning of this year. Maybe it's not going to happen. But here's what I believe. I believe that you can say, God, your word says that all things work together for the good of them that love me, me and are called according to So therefore, Lord, I just say, Lord, I know that all things are going to work together. Be determined. That whatever comes down the pipeline in 2023, you're going to, by faith, turn it for good. You're going to turn it for good. Some of those things coming down the pipeline could be your fault. Turn to your neighbor and say, your fault. Now turn to your second choice and say, your fault. The, The neighbor on the other side. But you know, even, even the mistakes we make, the Bible says all things can work together. For, God can redeem our mistakes. In 2023, He can redeem our mistakes. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to live sloppy. It doesn't mean that we just kind of just, you know, just do whatever and, and treat people badly and just say, well, you know, God's going to turn all things for good. But what it does mean is that when you do make a mistake, you can say, Lord, can you redeem that mistake? Can you redeem that decision that I made that perhaps wasn't right? Can you redeem me? I repent. I turn from it. Can you redeem the situation? And I believe God can turn some of those mistakes into fertilizer that create growth for you and blessing around your life. So determine that whatever comes down the pipeline, God's going to turn for good. The third determination that I would encourage you as you look into this year, determine to be generous with forgiveness. 
Determine in this year to be generous with forgiveness. You know, you can be generous with forgiveness or you can be miserly with forgiveness. Holding it back, delaying it, waiting for the right opportune moment. How many of you know it's great to be generous? You know people who, who maybe aren't generous. They, you, 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 maybe you go to McDonald's or you go to a cafe and they want to hang back. Hoping somebody else might pay. Come on, you understand what I'm talking about, right? They want to hang back. They're hoping somebody else is going to pick up. I, I, I love going to things where people fight to pay the bill. Don't you love that? You get up there and you think you've won, and they said, oh, no, no, when they went to the toilet, they paid. Don't you love those ones? I love that because we want to have a generous spirit. Here's the thing. Let's be generous with forgiveness because I can guarantee you're going to need to forgive some people. Could be some of the people sitting very close to you are going to have to forgive this year. But you want to be generous with forgiveness because it's the character and nature of God. It's the ethos of Christianity. It's what we're built on is that we're a people with a culture of forgiveness. And, and you know, I love what Phil Pringle, who's the pastor of C3 Church in Sydney, said a quote, and I've never forgotten it. He said, you should, you should forgive everyone, everything, every day. You know, every day you should be able to go to bed and you've not got a grudge that you're holding against somebody else. Here's the thing. Forgiveness is in your hand. They may not have learned that they have made a mistake against you. Don't wait till they have twigged because they may be dumb. They may not twig for years that they have offended you, that they have wronged you. Don't wait for the apology before you forgive them. Come on. In your own heart, you can walk with forgiveness because you want to be someone who is generous. So every day, forgive everyone everything. Every day. You want to walk with forgiveness. You know, there's some people, oh, well, you know, I'm just not one of those people. I don't feel it. I find it hard. I, when, I, when I have a grudge... I hold it for years. Everyone know, anybody know anybody like that? Oh, when somebody, when somebody wrongs me, I hold that for years. It's very hard for them to get back on my good books. That's just how I am. I blame my grandmother. She was like that. It's in my family line. We're all just grudge holders. In fact, we hold intergenerational grudges. Because if you wronged my granddad, I'll hold a grudge even though I don't. You know what I'm talking about? This can be human nature. But I, I believe that we should be, be people who are generous with forgiveness. But don't wait till you feel like forgiving someone. Because forgiveness is a decision, not a feeling. See, love is a decision, and forgiveness is a decision. That's why when you have your marriage vows, you can actually promise. See, all the women go, ah, oh, marriage vows. All the guys are like, oh, marriage vows. No, 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 I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, when you stand, and you see, because, because love is, is, is not a feeling. See, some people think love is that, you know, what's that little baby, you know, sits up on a cloud with a, with a bow and arrow? Whoa. Cupid, love is this thing. You know, oh, I just got shot with love. I just fallen in love. I can't help myself, you know. And love is a feeling. And you, oh, I just got shot by it. And I fell in love. 
Then you go, oh, where'd the arrow go? I've fallen out of love. I don't feel it anymore. But, oh, I got shot by another arrow. Okay, how many of you know that you can, you can make a promise because you're not saying, as long as I feel it, I'll be faithful? Come on. Because love is a decision where you say, I decide I choose to love you for the rest of my life. And you can do that with God where you say, I choose to love the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength. It's a decision. You say, well, I wake up sometimes on a Sunday morning. I don't feel like I love God. I don't feel like I want to go to church. But love is a decision. And you say, I choose to love God all through this year. I choose to love Him no matter what comes down the pipeline. See, some people are like, oh, well, you know, it's all right for you because everything goes okay for you. But woe is me. But see, we can love God irrespective. Come on. Irrespective of the circumstances around and about Because sometimes our circumstances can challenge the depth of our love for God. And so when we go through hard times like Job did in the Bible, he said, well, Lord, even though I die, even though you slay me, yet I'm going to praise you. Why is that? I don't feel like it. I got sores on my body. I am struggling right now. But I'm going to praise you because love is a decision and you deserve to be praised. See, some people will praise God when the drums are playing. When the bass is going. And when that's not there, I don't feel it. Praise is a decision. Am I, am I in the same church? Is this a Pentecostal church? Or am I? It's... But see, forgiveness is a decision. And you wake up, and I want to tell you that if you feel anything against anyone, forgive them. Before you worship God, Before you have your quiet time, say, Lord, I forgive them. I bless them. They owe me nothing. When you forgive people, you're not saying what they did was okay. You're just saying, Lord, I'm putting it in your hands. If you need to slap them, you slap them. (laughs) Here's what I found. Hey, if anybody deserves to slap, it's him. He knows the whole situation, and occasionally he slaps me. So I say, well, Lord, I just bless them. I forgive them. If you need to slap them, that's up to you. Judgment is in your hands. But we can choose to forgive. I want to tell you, if you can't look somebody in the eye, you need to do some heart forgiveness. You say, well, no, no, not until, not until they own up to what they did. Don't worry about that. I remember a pastor saying, he's from America, he grew up in the church, and he was a pastor's kid, obviously, and as he grew up, he eventually inherited the church, and after a few years, an old lady came and she said, can I talk to you? And she said, I've held this unforgiveness because when you were a teenager in the church, there was something you did and it really hurt me how you treated me and, and it hurt me. And, then, and I held that hurt in my heart and then you became a pastor and I didn't want you to be the pastor because I knew how you treated me when you were a teenager. And, but then you become a pastor and now I realize I need to come and confess to you that I forgive you and I'm... Sorry for holding it all of these years. And he said, the sad thing was, he said, I didn't even know who she was. I didn't even know who she was. I'd never seen her as far as I know. I didn't even know. In other words, he had no recollection of what he did as a teenager. And it was a big church. And here's the thing. The only person suffering was the woman. 
He wasn't suffering because he didn't even know she existed. (laughs) So you see, forgiveness actually is a blessing for you. You're not letting the other person off. That's in the hands of God. It's you that is the one who walks in blessing when you're generous with forgiveness. And, um, but you know, also, you may need to forgive yourself in 2023. Because, you know, maybe you're going to make some mistakes. And here's the great thing is that church is a place for people who have made mistakes and say, God, I want to get right with heaven. There are some people who make Foolish decisions, make some mistakes, and then they think, oh, I'm not worthy to go to church. I want to tell you, yeah, it's true. None of us is worthy except by the blood of Jesus that we can receive the forgiveness of heaven. Come on. We can enjoy His, His, His gracious goodness and His grace towards us. And so never think that if you've made some decisions through the year that you know, you're ashamed of that you shouldn't be in the house of God. Come on, this is the place for God to mend you, to heal you, to restore you, to put you back up on the mountaintop. And you say, well, you know... In farming terms, there is a pig and there is a sheep. And, and it's similar with people. Some people are pigs. And some people are sheep. What's the difference? You see, if a pig finds some mud, it's like, I want to stay here. This is my place. Don't anybody try to pull me out of this mud. I love this mud. I'm going to stay in this mud. I'm going to fight for this mud. I want the rights to be in this mud. I want you to legalize this mud. I want it. This mud is my mud, okay? That's a pig. But, but a sheep falls into the same mud and says, I want to get out. I want to tell you, as long as you want to get out, you're a sheep. You say, Lord, I made a mistake this year, but, you know, just the fact that you say, oh, Lord, I wish that hadn't happened. I want to get out. I want to tell you God's grace and forgiveness is available for you in this year. I want you to remind yourself of that if you make some decisions that you're ashamed of in the year that's coming. I'm not talking to you guys, of course. Look at you. January 1st, you're here in the house of God looking so righteous. I'm just talking to the people who maybe if we recorded it and sent it out there, you know, they might need it. But um, here's, a, here's a verse I want to I just give you. And I, I had a dream, and when I woke out of this dream, this verse was going through my mind. And it says this in Psalm 37, verse 3 to 6. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. I'd encourage you in this year, trust in the Lord. But don't just trust in the Lord and do nothing. Trust in the Lord and do good. It is good to worship the Lord. It is good to read God's Word. It's good to grow in the Spirit. It's good to serve other people. Come on. The Bible talks about Jesus, how He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the enemy. In other words, it's good to use the gifts of the Spirit. Trust in the Lord 
and do good. And then it says, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. So for the people of Israel to dwell in the land, that was what the Bible calls the promised land. The land that was given to the people of Israel. The land that they had to contend for. The land that they were called to go and enter. The land that they were called to take. It's called the promised land because God promised it to them. And when the Bible says here, it says dwell in the land. What it's saying is dwell in your promises. Dwell in your calling. Dwell in your inheritance. Dwell in the things that God has entrusted to your life. You see, sometimes for the people of Israel, it's, it was easier to not dwell in the land where there was conflict, where they had to stand in faith against enemies, but it would have been easier to leave the land. But the Bible says, dwell in the land. In other words, stay in your calling in this year. Stay in the things that God has entrusted to you. There's a quote that Seth Fawcett often will minister to parents, uh, sort of pastors about. And he will say this, minister to your calling. Minister to your call. I want to encourage you, dwell in the land. In other words, dwell in what God has entrusted to you. Dwell in your gifts. Dwell in the promised land for you. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. And then it goes on to say, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. You know, I love my dad. He's last year went to heaven. So I don't say this to dishonor him. But my dad was the Grinch who stole Christmas. Okay, there was, you know, my dad struggled with Christmas. I mean, we're a Christmas family. We, we, we do up the house with lights. We've got our Christmas tree and Christmas presents and turkey and, and ham and all of that sort of stuff. You know, we're a, we're a Christmas house. But my dad struggled with it because, because he said, well, Christmas is not really in the Bible. And, um, and I was, yeah, but, you know, it's Christian culture. And, you know, do we have to steal every celebration away from believers? You know, um, we don't. You know, anyway, so my dad one day he woke up and he said, there's going to be no Christmas in our house. So, so we were in India. He was a missionary. And uh, so he was the Grinch that stole Christmas. So, so he, he, he said, no, I'm canceling Christmas. No presents, no decorations. We're just going to go to church and have a curry. <laughs> that was not the best Christmas I remember as a kid. I love curry. I don't mind church, but I want my presents. <laughs> and my, my mom had a word with him after that and said, never again, John. <laughs> never again. And, but he was, never really, he was never really a presence person. He was very generous, but he's never really a presence person. So even to the end of his life, he would send us a card or he'd give us a card or he'd come to Christmas celebrations, but he wouldn't give us a present because that was just his conviction, and I respect that. But here's the thing. He was generous, and I want you to know that God is generous. And he says... Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, it doesn't mean everything, random thing that you desire, God's going to give you. There's a saying that says if you, if you give a pig and a boy everything they desire, you get a good pig and a bad boy. Um, you know, I guess you get a fat pig that's all ready for the meal, and you get a bad boy. But everything that is within the permissible will of God, 
God is a generous God. And it says here, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give to you the desires of your heart. Here's what I believe. God wants to give you your desires, and God wants to give you your desires. Why do I repeat that? Because there are desires that are on the inside of you that God wants to fulfill, but God also wants to plant desires on the inside of you. And in this year, I believe God wants to do it. You know, Proverbs 13 verse 12 says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. A longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So if there's a longing on the inside of you, here's the thing I believe. I believe the enemy wants to defer it because it makes your heart sick. But God wants to fulfill some of these longings, some of these desires in your heart. That God wants to fulfill them. I want to encourage you. I believe that God wants to fulfill some of the longings in your heart. But here's what also I believe. I believe that some of us here have got parts of our heart that have got sick. Because a hope that keeps getting postponed, a hope that keeps getting deferred, the Bible says makes the heart sick. And this, the, the Lord gave me a picture around this message, which was of ground that was sick and then little trees getting planted. And God wants, I believe, in this year to plant a tree where there was sick ground. So where your heart may be sick because of a postponed, a deferred hope. In some of those areas, God is going to plant a tree. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. God wants to plant a tree of life where there was a deferred hope. Can you relate to a place in your world that might feel like the, the ground is sick. God wants to plant a number of trees, trees of life in your, in your life. But God also wants to plant desires that are from heaven that you don't have. You see, there are desires, there are longings that you have on the inside. And as a good heavenly father, he wants to give you those things, those things that line up with his word and line up with his will. Longings that are on the inside of you. God is a good God. And I've told this story, but I'll never forget when my daughter, Krista, who's now upstairs helping the kids program. Um, and she's off to Sydney, by the way, later on this month. So... Uh, you know, so we're getting lined up for that. But as um, when she was younger, we were driving home one day and in Auckland, and uh, and from the back seat, she asked, "Dad, could we ride on a double decker bus sometime?" And if you're a parent here in this place, you love the word "sometime" because you can say you can say yes to that, right? So I said, oh, yeah, yeah, sometime. And in my head, I'm thinking sometime between now and when you're 18, I'm sure we can arrange a double-decker bus, right? And so I'm saying, yeah, 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 sometime, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll arrange that. And she's, you know, and so we pull into our house. They go into the, into the lounge, and uh, the kids 
I start watching telly, and of course Janelle was younger there as well. And, and I go out on my reserve, just through the gate onto the reserve next to our house. I go for a walk, and I'm walking across to the other side of the reserve. And as I'm kind of just going for a walk, what do I see but a double-decker bus pull in on the other side of the reserve, on the road. And I walk across to this double-decker bus. The door opens up, and out walks Ken. Now, I know Ken. I was like, Ken, what are you doing driving this bus? I didn't know you were a bus driver. He says, oh, this is just a job that I have on the side. I said, really? He says, yeah, I've just dropped off a wedding party, and I'm about to go back to the base. I said, really? I said, Ken, you see across that reserve, that gate, that's my house. Do you think there's any chance I could bring my kids and we could ride to the base with you? He's like, sure. So I walk in, super dad. <laughs> Open the gate, get in the house, and I literally I say to the girls, so girls, do you want to watch TV or do you want to ride on a double-decker bus? They're like, ah, double-decker bus, super dad. And so, you know, we go across the field and we get in this double-decker. We got the whole bus to ourselves. And while we're driving to the base in this double-decker bus, I thought to myself, you know, Krista and Janelle's earthly father didn't really think about that desire too long. But their heavenly father thought, you know what? I think we can make that happen. We can make that happen now. There are some things that might be sitting on the inside of you, and you don't realize that God goes, we can make that happen. There might be longings on the inside of you, and God goes, you know what? If that longing could just be fulfilled, it would be a tree of life for you. We can make that happen. There may be some areas where your heart has got sick, but God wants to plant a tree. A tree of life. And I believe that that picture that God gave me, that God wants to do that across this place, that there are longings that God wants to fulfill. And you can be bold and identify your longing and say, yeah, Lord, bring it on. Because you see, sometimes we guard our heart and we say, I don't want to hope anymore. It's been postponed. I don't want to hope anymore. Because those who hope and it gets deferred, the heart gets sick. But here's what I believe. I believe that we need to open our hearts and say, God, let a longing be fulfilled. Here's what else I believe. I believe we need to open our hearts and say, God, what does heaven desire over my life? What are some longings that you've got on your heart that you want to plant into my heart? Because you see, sometimes desires can come from deep longings that God understands and respects. Sometimes desires can come by scrolling through Facebook, thinking, oh, I wish I was doing that. Those are shallow desires. Advertising can stir desires. But God's talking about a longing, what you are built for, something that's shift, that hasn't shifted. You might have a different longing to what I've got, but I want to tell you, God, the Bible also says that God works in us. The Bible says, for it is God who works in us both to will and to act according to His good purpose. In other words, He works in us to cause us to long for something that He then wants to fulfill. What are you longing for that maybe heaven has planted into your heart? He says, for it is God who works in us both to will and to act 
according to His good purpose. There are things on the inside of me that you wouldn't desire to do, but it's in me because God put it in me. And sometimes we just presume that everybody must want this. I want to tell you there are things in you that I would never want. And there are things in me that you don't want. And we all presume that everybody wants the same longings. But there are things in your heart that you know they're in there. And nobody else might want it. But it's a longing that God has put in there. Because the Bible says, For it is God who works in you, both to will, come on, and to act according to His good purpose. And so sometimes when we go to God in prayer and we say, Lord, and we bring our lives, we find that our longings shift a bit. Sometimes we say, as we spend time with God, We find that we desire things in prayer that we didn't desire before. This year, God wants to plant trees to fulfill longings. But I want to tell you, there are things that heaven is longing for that you and me are not really desiring. But God wants to begin to plant them in your heart this year. And as you spend time with Him, suddenly you find that as you pray, there are desires that begin to bubble up in your heart. And Jesus said this, He says, whatsoever you desire when you pray, Sometimes when we pray, we begin to desire something different, desire something for somebody else, desire something for our city, for our church, for our nation. Come on. There are things that God wants to plant in your heart. There are longings that God wants to fulfill. And He says, I want to plant them in your heart. When I was a youth pastor, you know, on a Friday night, I I had this time where on a Friday night, I'd start to get depressed. That's what it felt like. I'd just get really low. I'd be like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And it would happen to me every Friday night for a period of time. I feel like really low. And so I'd actually start thinking, okay, Friday night's coming up. I better organize something to do. We had youth on Saturday night. But one day I was praying on a Friday night and God said, I wanted someone to feel a little bit of what I feel on a Friday night. Because tonight someone's going to lose their virginity. Tonight, someone's going to take drugs for the first time. Tonight, some young person is going to get into a party. and People are going to make foolish decisions. And I wanted you as a youth pastor to begin to have a burden for our city. So then I began to pray on a Friday night. Then that heaviness lifted because God was like, I've got your attention now. And then God gave me a picture. He gave me a picture of the movie theaters in central Auckland. In the CBD. I was having a great time every Friday night for a while just praying for our city. But then God gave me this vision, this picture. And in the vision, in the picture, I was there on the park bench preaching. I was going, oh, I don't like that picture. No, no, I don't receive that. I just want to pray, Lord, I'm here to intercede. But all the anointing for intercession was lifted. God was like, that's what I want you to do. So I went down with much fear and trepidation. And sure enough, Outside the movie complex, there was this park bench. I knew the area. But as I came up to the park bench, there was no way without a mic that I could do anything. Because opposite the park bench on the other side of the pavement, there was a man with some African drums. He was a busker. And he was busking away, having a great time, making a lot of noise. I'm standing here going, God, you gave me this picture. You told me I'm supposed to be here. What are you going to do? And a team of Christians that were witnessing to lost people saw me, thought I was looking lost because I'm standing here sort of thinking, Lord, what do I do? (laughs) 
And so Walter came up to me and he tried to tell me. And I said, no, no, I'm a Christian. I said, look, I'm, God gave me a picture. I'm supposed to be preaching there, but you've got this guy over here and I, can't, I haven't got a mic. And, and he, was, he, he was like real casual. He was like, oh, well, let's, let's pray. So he said, well, Lord, you gave Paul this picture, so just make it happen. That was about the length of the prayer. And then we're just chatting. We're talking like maybe another minute, two minutes. I tell you this absolute truth. We're standing there, and a white, big car screeches down Queen Street and stops right there next to the busker. Out get two huge Samoan guys. They grab the busker, and they throw him into the street. They grab him, and they throw him into the street. Then they get into the car, and they drive off. He picks up his drums all shaken, packs up, and goes home. And Walter turns to me and goes, like he was expecting it. He goes, there you go. And walks away. So that was my introduction to street preaching in Auckland. But here's the thing. God wants to plant longings in our heart so that our longings would line up with His longings. Trees planted in sick ground. I believe for some people here, 2023 is going to be a year where God breaks the container that is limiting you to give you greater growth capacity. Jody asked me to transplant a, a yucca that we'd had for a long time. And I couldn't get that thing out of the pot into a bigger pot. And in the process of trying to get it out, I broke the pot. The old pot. And when that happened, I felt like the Lord speaking to my heart. There are pots in people's lives they're going to break because they are too small for what they have been called to do. And in this year, God is going to break containment that has squashed you, has limited you, because He wants to transplant you into a place. Because the Bible says He has placed you in a spacious place where you can grow and where you can flourish. And so why don't you just stand on your feet where you are here today. Holy Spirit, we want to thank you that as we step into this year, that you want us to step in with a sense of faith and expectation. But also, Lord, we thank you that you're wanting to fulfill desires. We come to delight ourselves in you, that you'd fulfill the desires of our heart. But we also ask that you'd plant desires from heaven because we thank you, Lord, that hopes that are constantly deferred makes our hearts sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And I thank you, you're planting trees all across this place, little baby trees in sick soil because it's going to become a tree of life. And we say, Holy Spirit, let the desires from heaven the desires from heaven get planted. We say, Lord God, we surrender to heaven's agenda in 2023. Lord, we take the limits off you and we say, Holy Spirit, we surrender to your agenda that the desires, the longings of heaven would drop into our hearts. Brendan, I know you're just visiting for the day, but this morning... God gave me a sense for you that you, the, the journey that you've been through in Palmy and, and that you're still in in Palmy, it's like Joseph. Joseph was a man with a blessing of God on his life, but when he got to 
his brothers had actually turned bad, but the blessing of God was still on his life. And then when he got taken to Potiphar, things went bad, but the blessing of God was on his life. And, and I just believe God wants you to know the blessing of God is on your life. And things may have been challenging for you, but God's equipping you for a new season. And Joseph became better because of the challenges he went through, more equipped for his calling. And Spirit of God, right now, we just release that over this man of God. We just release that you have been equipping him even through the trials and tribulations for the season that is coming because the blessing of God is upon, upon your life. And I saw for you, Pisa, I saw you like in a, an athletics track with one of those starting blocks. But the starting block was looked different because it had a, a small fence around it. And you were crouched in position, but it was like there was this wooden fence around. But then I saw you when the, the gun went off, you ran and you broke through the fence that was actually blocking your starting blocks. And we just declare over you a year. Come on, point of finger. We declare over you a year of acceleration and everything that has has sought to block you. We declare in the name of Jesus that you would break through those things and we declare sprinting, acceleration forward for you. Shabriza makila. So roba shobradila hailaliza hando shobradiza brandiza makoradiza akila hatai. Rave raise your bratande. And Christine, when you just just keep your heart locked into God because God's dropping a bunch of things around. But Christine, when you were dancing with the banner, I just saw like a, like one of those, I don't know what you call those things, those trap doors or whatever, but you know, it's above you, what do you call it, like a loft door, open, now let's just get ready for greater prophetic uh, grace opening over your life in this year. And Lord, we just declare, the windows, the prophetic is just going to another place for you. Um, Ryan, do you just want to just, just quickly just, just place a hand? Father, we just declare a greater grace in the prophetic over your life in this year, clarity and revelation. And we thank you for it, Holy Spirit. And Lord, for every one of us right now, we just welcome, according to Ephesians 1, the spirit of wisdom and revelation concerning the purposes of heaven, individually wrapped, individually designed for our lives. We just say, Holy Spirit, we desire you more and in a greater measure as we step into this year. Your revelation and your wisdom. We're going to open the altar call in a moment. But as you come forward, if, if you feel like God's been speaking to you today as you come forward, I just believe what God wants to do, there'll be some people praying for you. Maybe you won't get prayed for. That's okay because in this song, what I believe God wants to say is, will you surrender to the agenda of heaven for your life in this year? Will you surrender to His agenda for this, for this year and for his, his purpose over your life? Say, God, there may be things that need to come off. But Lord, I ask that I would have spirit of wisdom, revelation, that open heaven over my life that I would be able to know and discern the purposes of God, that God has called us. There are things in this year that God has purposed for you to walk in that you may not be aware of, but He's predestined them to you. And we say, Lord, show us. Help us to walk in it. Help us to walk in it, that we would surrender to heaven's agenda 
in 2023. Hey, if that's you, why don't you slip out of the seat from where you are, find a place down here. We're going to worship God. And in this song, as we worship God, we're just saying, Lord, we just want to, we ask for you to move. And we're, we're prepared for our own hearts to be renovated and shifted and move as well. So listen, if that's you, why don't you slip out of your seats, find a place down here and say, Lord, we want to surrender to your agenda. We surrender to the purpose of heaven. That there are baby trees getting planted Baby trees getting planted. There may be soil that has somehow gotten tired or sick, but God wants to plant a tree of life in a heart that's got tired or sick because hope maybe have been deferred, but God wants to plant a tree. It may look different from what your heart expected, but as you come forward, just say, Lord, I'm just open. I surrender to your agenda today. If you're a connect leader or you're in the prayer ministry team. We just want to release you just to pray for people. But Holy Spirit, right now, we just welcome you. We welcome you to plant heaven's desires, to fulfill longings in our heart, to release fresh anointings for the year that is. And we declare to every person that is held in a pot or a container or a, a restriction that it's not according to heaven. We declare in the name of Jesus. We declare that pot to be broken, that container to be destroyed. And we declare that God is moving you into a spacious place. Break and bind every word of restraint and control over you that is ungodly. There's godly control and restraints, but ungodly ones we break in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you. You're planting longings. You're planting desires from heaven. Longings fulfilled.